Hi, you are listening to Creatrix Culture. I am your host, Sarah Wolf, and we are back with Jess Hendrick for round four. Ooh, thank you Ooh. so much. I'm so happy to be here with you. Again, yet again, <laughs> and again. We're going to keep going. We keep saying this every week. We're going to keep going because this conversation's not ending. It's important. I don't even know what we're talking about again today. We... Um, <laughs> We just, once again, just jumped on. We're going to see what happens. I actually been having to like, before I air the shows, go back and listen to the episode. Cause I'm like, what was the theme? What did we <laughs> just talk to about? find the theme to, to like name the show. Yeah. Um, Cause we, we cover so much. We do. And I love that we just talk about whatever's up for us right now in the moment. So, because it's what's, if it's happening with us, then it's, happening with others and it's in the field right now and so to do it that way feels really organic yeah we don't always know where we're going with the conversation no. but I feel like let's start it off just you know and in, in in the topic sense of hard conversations yeah I like that and that both of us are really bad at hard conversations so we <laughs> avoid them yeah yeah and like I'll say I'll add a caveat to that because there's certain it is always yes okay yes definitely an edge for me hard conversation yeah and I spent a lot of years and time learning how to have these hard conversations but then there's other pieces to it where it's like discerning okay, is it worth bringing it up with this person? Is it worth, is it okay to bring it up in this specific relationship? Like there's a lot of different layers to it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, before we jumped on here, I was just sharing with Sarah that there's been a conversation that I've been wanting to have. And it's been, I, I've prepared, I talked to my coach about it. I made little notes, I practiced with my friends. And then when it came time to actually have the conversation I was not able to mm -hmm. and then I was going into a lot of self-talk around it like wait I am a relationship coach who actually helps people with this very thing what is up with me right now why can't I articulate what I need to say and the really interesting thing is I know that the person who I want to talk to uh, is going to be really great and loving Mm -hmm. regardless of what happens you know with the conversation yeah but there's something deeper there mm -hmm. which activated. we talked about yeah is abandonment rejection mm -hmm. I think is do, is do you think there's anything else underneath that definitely it's definitely that piece of like what if I speak my truth and then it creates the outcome that I don't want to create, but that's not even rational or logical because this is a newer relationship and like, we don't know each other that well. So it wouldn't be devastating if it worked or didn't work. Right. right. But, but I think it's that, it's that in-between phase. It's like the in-between life and death, right? Death is fine. And life is fine. It's the crossover. It's the in-between, like, the 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 together and the breakup like after the breakup it's fine but it's that it's that uncomfortable thing that stirs up so much it's that gray area right it's like black white and then in the middle of the gray is where all the shit lies right right and that and this this is like a newer relationship that isn't defined so i'm realizing that when that's the case that feels challenging for me to bring up something that I need to talk about because I'm like, is that even okay? Do I, can I even do that? Or, you know, what's the, how, what's, what's the most loving thing here? How mm -hmm. do I navigate it? And then I think, so in addition to the, like maybe fear of rejection or fear of abandonment and speaking our truth, the other thing I'm noticing for myself is like the way my body reacts, because I was telling Sarah, like I, prepared for that I prepared had a couple notes on my phone like talked to friends blah 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 and then when the, and he had even created the space for me like is there anything you want to talk to me about and I was like nope <laughs> no nope, all good here all good but what I'm what and I just had a session with my coach today and I feel a little raw from it actually because we hit some really deep 
places. But what she was suggesting is like, not even worrying about the other person in the scenario, but looking at okay, what's happening within me in this instance with this energy or this avatar. And I'm noticing I have physical sensations in my body. My throat feels like it wants to close. I feel constricted in my solar plexus and it feels like really scary to speak and looking back, you know, at the fam patterns in my family and the women in my family, like no one's really honoring their needs or speaking their truth. It's like all, it's not that it's something different. <laughs> and so to do that is actually breaking these generational patterns. So it's a bigger ask than it might sound like. Right. And let me ask you, have you been in situations like even with your family growing up where you tried to speak your needs and got punished for it or told you your needs were wrong or your emotions were wrong or that everything was just, it wasn't right? Yes. And that, that was another piece. And I love how we flow like this. It's so good. But the other piece was, so I, and most of us didn't really experience a lot of attunement from our parents and like really looking at, okay, what's happening here? What does this child need? Just because they didn't have that themselves. It wasn't given to them by their parents. And so we're the first generation that's understanding the importance of attuning to children and really looking at what are they needing. And, and also when a child is having a temper tantrum, for example, right? They're not trying to be bad. They're literally in fight or flight because mm -hmm. something triggered their, their survival protection responses and they're in fight or flight. So there's a lot there, but I'll, I, let's just say I spent a lot of time in fight or flight as a kid mm -hmm. and a lot of time being like punished for, I didn't even know what was going on with me. Right. And for children, if we are not, we don't know how to regulate ourselves. So yeah. we learn to regulate based on our adults, the adults who are raising us, their ability to regulate themselves and then support us with co-regulating. So if we didn't have that, which I really did not, I never learned to regulate. So I was a very sensitive child that just was not super regulated a lot of the time, which could look like I'm a problem. Or, you know, I'm the problem of the family, which was the case and actually still is. It's like the black sheep, lovely architect. But really, you're like also like the most empathic. So you're actually, your unregulation is you're just processing all the shit energy in the room, right? Thousand percent. So what I learned now is that usually the one who is more sensitive and empathic and senses all the energies is really taking on the other people's stuff that they're not willing to look at or process or feel. So it's very overwhelming. So as a kid, that's what was happening. And so there's a really loud truck beeping and it's really annoying me. Is, is that, that what that is? Is that, is it ruining things? Like, should I? No, wait? no, it's fine. It's just, there's a weird like feedback. Oh, fuck. It's because not a big deal. It's fine. It's so distracting. I fucking hate like how loud it is here. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I get it. My house is loud. Yeah. So what were we even saying? Um, oh, so in terms of like attunement, right? This is where we have the opportunity to be our own loving parent. And so what Ama, my coach, was suggesting to me is that this is an opportunity for me to tune into my own body, my own nervous system in a way that I never received as a child and basically mother myself in that moment. What happens with this person is irrelevant. Mm -hmm. And then, so that's my work, right? It's like, okay, what am I feeling? What do I need right now? Like, what, what are the fears underneath what's coming up? What are my desires underneath what's coming up? And what's in the field right now? And she was suggesting, you know, using it as practice and life is our teacher and whatever's in front of us is an opportunity to practice and keep expanding and evolving which is the purpose of relationship really the spiritual purpose of being in relationship mm -hmm. but it's a lot and I was just like okay I hear everything you're saying and part of me just doesn't really feel like doing it <laughs> I'm like I feel really raw you're like, and I'm just really tired now. So that sounds like 
I just I would rather opt out of this opportunity. But my path in life is like I I that's not my path. My path is like, okay, here's what's up now, like time to go through it. Right. And, and you can always take a breather though. You can yes. always give yourself a moment to take a pause and then wait a few days or wait a week and then so that you can regulate. Yeah. Right. Or if even like you're PMSing or your hormone, like, you know what I mean? And let a flow go. And then when you're in a more like not as charged state about it, act from that state. Right. My exactly. friend actually told me that to like, yes. if you're mad at someone, don't ever react from that place. Like wait till the next day to make the phone call or wait like a few days, you know what I mean? To where you're not in such a like heightened state about it. A thousand percent. And that takes building your window of tolerance and building your ability to regulate yourself because otherwise we will just react like to whatever the trigger is we will have no space between the trigger and the reaction and we'll react or we'll want to call them and what we're really trying to do is find a way out of the discomfort that we're feeling by grasping outside of ourselves and so yeah that's something that i really learned you know in my 12-step program is like take 24 hours mm -hmm. and i was like what? Like, I remember when my sponsor said that to me the first time, like with, with my ex, she was like, he texted me and she's like, okay, 24 hours before you respond. And I was like, that seemed insane to me and preposterous. And I didn't know how I would even do it. Mm -hmm. I did it. And then, you know, and then I took a 90 day of like no contact with him as well as any other men. And that was like building that ability to not go outside of myself for whatever I think they can help me soothe within myself. Mm -hmm. But it's a, it, if we can build that, it's so important because the more we react from the triggered state, the more we'll make more of a mess. Yeah. Uh, but what you said was really important too. I mean, because I was saying to Ama, I was like, well, I knew we were meeting today. So I knew that I needed to have the conversation before we met because last week we talked about it and she said, yeah. And there's not really to override your body. That's not feeling safe is not loving. It's not loving at all. Um, my friend Kimberly and I talked about that in back in February when we did our most recent self-love episode and the most unloving thing I believe we can do to ourselves at this state in the game is to override our bodies because we have been overriding our bodies for society, for our family, for this, for that. Like that is the most unloving gaslighting bullshit thing you can possibly do to yourself is override your body one more day Amen. while you're alive. Yeah, it's really, really true. So there's no rush. Like trauma happens. It's like too much, too fast, just like a wave of just, negative emotion, usually crisis emotion. And so to heal it is to slow everything down mm -hmm. and just let it be okay. You don't have to have the conversation today. No, okay. you don't even have to have it next week. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, like let's wait for the moment. And she also suggested saying like, letting him know, like, you know, there's, there's some stuff or there's something that I want to talk to you about. And also I'm really working through some of these places within me where it hasn't been safe to speak my truth. And so that not, it's not a reflection on you. I'm just sharing with you that it's not always the easiest thing. And that I'm working on it, you know, which also feels vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, totally. Cause that's like another same conversation. Yeah, because that's like, well, what is it? But I feel like you Yeah, you know, it. it's like, well, I'm not there yet to talk about it. But I I've been in this similar situation. I haven't been in friendships, relationships. I've constantly pulled that in where it hasn't been safe for me to hmm. ask for my needs, yeah. tell how I'm feeling. Um, yeah. you know, and that goes back into childhood as well, right? Like when I was 19. I needed to go see a psychologist really bad. It was not okay. Mm -hmm. And I presented it to my parents because I was under their insurance and they would have to pay for it. And I'm like, I need to go see like a psychologist. And my dad's like, we don't do that. 
And I was in such a heightened state. Well, the thing is, is that I had taken so much ecstasy <laughs> that I stripped all the serotonin out of my brain. Girl, yes. I've been and here. I was crying from the minute I woke up to when I went to bed. Now, granted, that's not the only reason, because obviously there was things that prompted me to go take so much ecstasy, like that I would strip the serotonin from my brain. So it wasn't like I was just like, oh, everything's great. Let's, you know, it was like, no, I was definitely dealing with mm-hmm. a lot of shit. And I wasn't okay. And so then I voiced what I needed and he very angrily told me, no, we don't do that. And then I just remember being like, fine, then you can just see what happens to me. And like stormed off, went downstairs and took a shower and like bawled my eyes out. And I ended up going to see, because I ended up making the appointment anyway. I was like, I'm fucking doing this. Like I'm still going to a psychologist. Yeah. And what's so funny about that, though, super side note, so I go see the psychologist. I process really fast and I come to my own conclusions like really, really, really quickly that actually every time I've seen a therapist or a psychologist, they actually can't keep up with me because I like get to it. I move on. So he actually didn't help me with anything. He just actually the only thing I got from him was how to analyze dreams. And then he moved to Australia. (laughs) yeah yeah but that was a big time when like I needed the support and I need like it was so vulnerable to be like I need to go even to like admit I need help Mm -hmm. and then to be told like no and what you need isn't valid because we don't do that yeah that's that's fucked up so much and there's so much there was so much stigma maybe there's still a little bit I feel like it's less and less but there's still some and um, thank you for sharing that because that I can only imagine. And, I, and I've done that before. There was only one time ever that I took Molly and it was like best night of my life and then worst day of my ever existence. It was like, never the next day. I always called it the day after after. The day after after was like the darkest, like, because the day after you're still kind of on the drug, right? It's the day after after that's like. Yeah, it, and when you're sensitive, like, if you're a sensitive person and empathic, it's like, we're just more sensitive to all the things, including that. So, but yeah, my, my journey was a little different. Cause I was, you know, I, I, it's looking back you know, when I was a kid, I, I would, nights were very ch- hard for me, very mm-hmm. challenging. And I couldn't sleep and I would see things in the dark, like spirits, energies, whatever. I would see them. And I would go to my parents and they would say like, that's not real, da, da, da. And like, sometimes they would let me sleep in their bed. Sometimes they wouldn't. It would be like night after night after night. So they would eventually get exhausted from me going to them and and then lose their patience, lose their temper. And it just created this loop of like chaos. And so they decided, okay, we're going to take Jess to a psychologist. And I was eight years old, right? Like, thereby, you know, just reinforcing the problem of the family story. So I go to this psychologist and it's kind of funny because similar to your experience, I was eight, right? Yeah. And I'm like, this woman is full of shit. Like she has no idea what she's even doing or talking about. I was way smarter than her. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay. So I was like, how do I get out of this situation? Cause I don't want to hang out with this woman. So I learned to kind of swallow like I did two things I started not going to them because I'm like okay if I don't go to to them for a certain period of time then I won't have to go see this woman anymore so that's goal number one goal number two is I actually created this visualization which now like thinking back the fact that I did this when I was eight is like profound but I created this vision in my mind of like like two different rooms. One was my ballet studio because I had a really mean ballet teacher. So it was like, that was the mean, painful place. The other was like this beautiful, sunny, grassy flower, like situation outside, right? And so I started out my entire body on the, on the side of the ballet studio. Like that was the painful misery side. Anytime I was feeling any kind of like peace or happiness, I would put a little bit of my body through to the, to the nature side. Right. Uh And once it was through, it couldn't go back. So as I started to feel better and better, I would put my 
more of my body through. And then once it got all the way through the whole, the rest was like not an option going back to the ballet studio. So I kind of did this like self-healing wow. thing, a visualization thing. And I told my therapist, uh, my therapist that I loved years later. And she was like, that's pretty, just super interesting that you did that when you were eight years old. Yeah. Um, but you know, it was an ongoing thing. And I grew up in this family and I was sensitive and tons of anxiety because it's like, it's not okay to have emotions and it's not okay to express them and to yourself not- and to say what you need and to say what you're scared of. Like, no. So my dad was like begging me when I was 18 to take anxiety medication. He was like, please, cause he's a doctor. So that's the solution. Right. From what he knows is like, okay, take a pill. Yeah. That like, makes everything go away. Yeah, that's always that with sarcasm. <laughs> Band-aid approach. Just slap a band. Woo! Shit. Off. Hold on. Pause for one second. Okay. Okay. So for those of you that don't know me, I drink chlorophyll water every single day. And it's very green. And I just got very excited and I just dumped it all over my carpet. So that's happening right now. My carpet's green. So yeah, your dad begged you to take anxiety medication, which we are just saying, yeah, that's like, and same, same with antidepressants. Like yeah. when I was going through the serotonin thing, I saw a psycho- like, psychologist, psychiatrist, the one that prescribes you the shit. So I saw one guy and then another guy. Psychiatrist. Yeah. And so he put me on antidepressants. Mm. They didn't do anything. They just yeah. made me like, so from crying all the all day to so insanely happy ish like but chemically happy that if you even told me my mom died I'd be like okay <laughs> yeah it's fine and I, and I want to put a little caveat in there because I know there are a lot of people that take medication and like you know do what you have to do for yourself I yes. took it for that that 19 that at 19 years old I finally agreed to start taking anxiety medication which like and then I was on some form of medication for anxiety or depression until I was like 32 or 33 when I finally was like, wait, this is not the path. But I do think, you know, maybe I did need it for that time or maybe it's part of my journey. I feel like I needed that. Like I needed to like get the chemo- the, the levels. I think there's a time and place for everything, but it's not the solution. No, because, and I used to get so frustrated when people would say like, Oh, it makes you numb. I would say, no, it doesn't make you numb. Like I still feel all the things, but now, now that I've been off of it since I was 33, I believe. Right. And I'm 42. Like there's been this process of really like thawing out and, and feeling all of the, and I'm like, what maybe it did numb me a little bit. And depending on the medication too, I've had that where I'm like, I'm so happy. And then it's like, okay, it's just taking the edge off and everything in between, but it, I had lots of side effects. I had night sweats. I can't take SSRIs. They make me like drenched in sweat when I sleep. Wow. He is just like, no, it doesn't want, it doesn't want it. And I went through this breakup in 2020 and I was feeling so bad. I was like, okay, maybe I'll revisit medication for a very short period of time just to help me get over the hump. Blah, blah, blah. Met with a psychiatrist, did all this shit. And then I took one pill and I was like, I cannot like everything in me was like, no, mm-hmm. and thank God. I started microdosing mushrooms and that changed my fucking life. But you know, yeah. sorry. I mean, even birth control for me, like I only, my whole life, my intuition told me not to take birth control, not to put those chemicals in my body. When I met my ex-husband, um, I was like, but pre him, I was like, just kind of like hooking up with this guy and we were only hooking up for like two months and I like had some weird spotting thing happen. So like, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go get this checked out, but I'm also going to get, maybe get on birth control. Cause like, you know, this guy and I are just like hooking up and I don't really know him and blah, blah, blah. And then I go to the Planned Parenthood. This is in Minneapolis. And they're like, well, you're pregnant. And I was like, well, what's fucking crazy about this is I got pregnant when I was 19 and I hadn't been to this place since the last time they told me I was pregnant. Oh, no. 
<laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. Well, I ended up having a miscarriage. And so then when I met my ex, I was like, well, now I'm going to get on birth control because that was like just a lot to deal with. Right. I don't want like, cause then, you know, at one moment, the guy in the beginning was like, I don't want it, abort it. And then in the next moment, he's like, well, maybe we're going to be parents. And it's like, I don't fucking know you, mm-hmm. you know? So like, and then what's crazier is like, then everything like after that, some shit went down, we stopped seeing each other. And like, it was like really quickly time later, he like started dating someone, they got pregnant, like, Mm -hmm. and I just really thought about that. It like woke my brain up to the fact, like, be careful who you're like, kind of like hooking up with, because like, if you do get pregnant, maybe this is a really interesting conversation I'm having with you right now. If you do get pregnant and then you keep the baby, but you two don't work out, and then they go off and get another significant other. I'm like fucking mama bear. Like ain't no one coming in my den, right? Like I don't want another person raising my children. Sorry. I just like, I'm way too like, oh, like, like territorial for anyone to like, no, like this is my shit. Like get the fuck away from it. So that was a big aha moment for me of like, wait a second. The reality is yeah, if we didn't work out, and you moved on so quickly in general, right? That like, there would be another like person in the mix of this. I don't want that shit. So long story short, then I meet my ex and I get on birth control, point of story, because I didn't want to like, I wanted to actually like get to know him and like make sure, you know what I mean? Yeah. And- It fucked my body up so bad in just one year. It fucked my body up so bad that finally I'm like, I mean, and him and I were pretty committed at that point. We had moved back. Well, I moved back to LA. He came here and I was like, I can't do, I got to get off this. Like, I don't know what the next thing is, but like, I I have to stop taking this chemical. Like it is just wrecked havoc on my body. Me too. Same. And I was on it, unfortunately, for many, many years. And it just not great. Like years later, I mean, I've been off it now for, I don't know. I don't keep track of like years really, but a long time. Um, And yeah, but there's not really a good option for these things, which is frustrating. You know, there really isn't a great option. Um, no. So I got. I well, had a- okay, there is actually there is actually a really great option. What? It's called tantric sex. Okay. In tantric, you don't like the man doesn't ejaculate. He does like the internal system, right? right. Yeah, but how and, many men do you know that do that? <laughs> huh? I I know, but how many men do you know that are actually practicing that? No, none. They don't even know about it, right? <laughs> so. <laughs> or open to learn, but it's in, in the act of like true tantric sex, not like the tantric sex, like, oh, I'm going to be so tantric because I'm so sexy and I'm going to like lure them in with my tantric sex. Like, no, in the actual, like ancient teaching of the very sacred container of tantric sex, Mm -hmm. you basically come together and you're having sex, right? But in, in the technique of it, neither person fully comes to a climax and beyond that side story of that is one thing that that helps with is that when we like have orgasms like full like the the ending climactic orgasm especially men when they ejaculate that's what it's this whole chemical thing in the brain and that's what disconnects people so the men like roll over and fall asleep and this and then the woman's left like whatever and then she's spinning out in her head and he now spread his seed so he needs to go on to the next thing because it's biologically blah 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 right Mm -hmm. 
in the art of tantric sex so you don't have that full climax and when they say when the love making is over it's just naturally like over like you spent your time like all sucking on each other and loving on each other and doing all the things right <laughs> and and penetration but yeah. you don't take it to that animalistic hmm. firecracker ending or whatever yeah. you just kind of roll through it they say in the actual real art of tantric sex, if you're doing it by like you've built yourself up to that, you will never, ever, ever get pregnant. Hmm. You will never get pregnant. That there are no unwanted babies in the true art of tantric sex. Wow. That the only time when a baby is made is when the two people decide to take that to hmm. that level to procreate life. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And if you're tracking your shit properly as well, and yeah. you're regulated, like I am, my everything's very, like you, okay, for this time, do, like, you know, you can easily yeah. not do that then. Right. Yes, that's true. So I want to speak to that too. But with the tantric, I thought that, I thought they do, they do orgasm. They just don't ejaculate. Right. There is, you're still, yes. It's like a, it's like the ejaculation, like, that causes the chemical disruption oh, okay, got in it. everybody. But it's yes, like, you still have like orgasms, but it's like not that grand finale okay. ejaculation yeah. thing. Yeah, so what, what I'm trying to say. So it's like a recycling of the energy, right? Like if yes. you see the diagram, it's like, it goes like it's, the man it, and there's the yes. woman and it's like a circle. Yes. So they also say there that every time a man ejaculates, he actually shortens his life. So that's why in tantric sex and doing the circular energy, it actually prolongs their life. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. And yeah, there is the option, which is what I was doing actually in my last long-term relationship was like taking my temperature using like an app and tracking my temperature every day and then putting in my period and it would show you like, cause there's really only a few days out of each month that you can get pregnant, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, but the thing where it does get thrown off is like, if your period, which mine's super regular, but for some reason last week it came, it came early and I was like, what is happening? That throws off the whole calculation of everything. And then it's like, okay, I don't know when I'm ovulating then. So, but if you just update your app, you, it actually just resets the counts. It does, but when it's irregular like that, I don't trust because I'm like, is right. it right? But then you could spend a little bit of time, like now, like doing the temperature thing and cross checking to see if it is like right. Do you know what I mean? So then, like, yes, and that's the best option that I've found. But like, I prefer to do that option when I'm like in a committed relationship with someone who it's like, if I get pregnant, then it's okay, you know, like, yeah. This is like a newer thing that it's like, hmm, this, cause it could, it's not foolproof. Like it's like, a, you know, it's the option that I choose, but it's like, you know, yeah. I mean, when I got pregnant when I was 19, I'm like, I don't know what, where I was in my cycle. Like, obviously I was ovulating, but like he pulled out, like he didn't even come in me and I still got pregnant. Yeah. And right? you can get pregnant from that. And that's what yeah. you got. Yeah. So you know, all of these things that we have to consider. Yeah. Yeah. And then there comes, then there comes like hard conversations. And you know, it's so interesting. And I was thinking about this in the beginning of like, you know, when the hard conversations come around sex and pregnancy and people you're dating and stuff, it's like, you know, like, I just really wonder, like, you know, back in the day, people actually just like dated each other for a while before they even had sex. So they created a certain foundation and a certain safety. And they really got to know, like, what do you want? What do you do? You know, I mean, at least that's what they show us in the movies that they did. Um, I think some people did that. And also there wasn't birth control, right? So that really like, so they had to like, really be mindful. But I feel like we've gotten so far away from that. So like, you know, we're hooking up with people like so quickly. We don't know who the fuck they are. We don't know what the fuck they want. We don't even know if they fucking like us, mm -hmm. right? Like we, we're just like shooting in the dark. Yeah. And then like these bigger things happen or these bigger things are coming up that could happen. And it's funny because like my friend's daughter like had sex and she was 15 and she forgot her birth control pills a couple of days and before this and 
there i think you like didn't even pull maybe pulled i don't know it all happened so fast from the story from what i hear you know what i mean and like so she needed plan b and my friend's like well i'm not paying for your plan b like if you're gonna do like she's like you don't even have a job and you're doing adult acts so if you're if you can't even be responsible doing adult things and you don't have the resources then you're not in a place to be doing adult things and like as we're having this conversation i'm like we're not even in a <laughs> right is right. in a place to be doing adult things apparently I because mean, we can't have fucking hard conversations right that's that's hilarious like yes and oh yes and there's so much i mean we're playing with life force energy like we're playing with the energy that creates life. Like, so, and you know, we know like from an energetic standpoint, when you have sex with someone, you exchange energy. The woman takes on a lot. All of, of it. All of it. Um, yeah. And like the, when we know these things, right? Like it's, yeah. And oh gosh, there's just so much. And I mean, I don't know. I remember when I was the first time I had sex, I thought you get pregnant like that, like right away. So I was like, oh shit. <laughs> but now I learned that yeah. that's not really the case. But, you know, I've had, and then, you know, my, my friends, uh, I've had friends that did everything, you know, all the things and still got pregnant. And I've heard on repeat lately, like the baby comes when it wants to come. Well, like, yeah. And I was just going to say that. Then we go with the whole spiritual aspect of it. And they say children come and go when they want and they choose who their parents are going to be. Like we really, at the end of the day, don't have, jurisdiction over it because people have gotten pregnant on birth control or using condoms or like yeah i mean there's women like there's a story of like some native women that the husbands went off to battle and they were gone for a long time and they just like uh what is it what did mother mary do immaculate accepted yeah. themselves by like literally going into meditation and just like creating life in their womb yeah. And I'm like, did they do that? Or did they just cheat on their husband? <laughs> I mean, we'll never know now, will we? You know what we will know though? This is kind of funny. Like when babies are born and when they're little, they look a lot like the guy. No. And that's all, you know what that is? That's all yeah. animalistic because the women have the sense to know who their yeah. child is and the men have to visually see who their child is. Yeah. It's so interesting. And so, then they'll either grow out and be their own person or they'll grow and still look like the father. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fascinating to me now that I know that every little baby, I'm like, yep, looks like the dad, 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 you know, or and then, that one's questionable or it doesn't. And <laughs> yeah, interesting. And like, I don't know, I think about this a lot because I'm 42 now and I'm like, okay, what is happening with me with that? Like, yeah. what is it? And I'm not super attached to whether I have kids or whether I don't, but it's just something that comes up because I think just, is this a word like evolutionarily? <laughs> Evolutionary, how do you say that word? Yeah, that could be. It just comes up. Right. And, you know, and I have, a, I have friends who they're like, they're kind of just, you know, around this age and they're like, all right, well, let's see what happens. Cause this is kind of the, you know, this period of being in my forties will be the last time when I can get pregnant probably. So let's just see what happens. And I have a friend that was just kind of like, all right. And then she got pregnant. Um, and she wasn't in her, she was in a relationship, but they were, you know, a few months in. Okay. I don't know, man. I, there's not a formula for this stuff and even waiting. Really not. I, don't think me. I have to put, um, numbing cream on my face. Cause I'm going to get micro needling. Soon. Love it. I want to do microneedling too. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, there's just lots of layers and there's lots of learning and there's lots of conversations that I'm having a hard time having. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of conversations we're all having a hard time having at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's, you know, I, I would suggest all of us take our time to get to know someone before we have sex with them. And I will also say that I have done that and I have not. And there doesn't seem to be any kind of a formula here for that even, you know? It's no. Like 
And we just don't really live in a society now anymore that even like, I mean, it's just so pushed on like, I mean, it's just like, yeah. Yeah. And there's a part of me. I mean, this is horrible. Like get that out of the way just to see if this is like, was like, if it was like the chemistry was good enough to even like move forward. What there's right? Like, why am I going to get to know you for two months? And then we like link up and it was like, Ooh, (laughs) I think that was like my old way of thinking, but you know what I mean? I do. I do know what you mean. And I think that stuff's important and it's okay that that's important. It's really okay. It should be important. And I will say when I rushed, when I've rushed that piece of it, it does feel a little bit like faking to me. Cause I'm like, I don't really know this person. Like we're doing a very sacred act together. And like, I don't even know who you are. So I don't even know, don't even know your middle name. Don't know. And I, it's, so I think, you know, but yeah, but there's those pieces too. Attraction's important. Chemistry is important. Well, um, I mean, like, you know, we've talked about this, like with, my ex-husband right like there was a little bit of chemistry but there wasn't a ton of chemistry and then for me over a while when the other things didn't when I might when I wasn't met on other layers yeah that chemistry because it wasn't a full-blown like thing died so hard so I mean, and then that was painful because it's like, you don't even want that person to touch you. Yes. And I've been there before. I, I had a relationship like that. You know, I've talked about it, but with this guy and he was wonderful and treated me the best I've ever been treated ever. And so I was talking about overriding. I was overriding my, like, I wasn't attracted to him really. And I, I was like, I, ha- I need to just stay and I need to make this work because he's amazing. And we were really good friends and we got along really well. And it was just like a lot of pieces were involved, like financial pieces. I moved to LA for him, like all of these things. And I, and so for a long time, we were in this relationship where like, we didn't have sex for a very long time and wow. we, were, we were in therapy and it was like forcing. And it, and my therapist said to me, if you force yourself, you're going to develop an aversion to sex. And so is that the path you want to go down? Right. Like Like something forming in the body, right? Like something like like, something, I mean, yeah. And this, I was a lot younger and I, I hadn't, I was in therapy, but I hadn't done the depth of work that I've done today. So I can really see a lot of pieces. Like there was maybe a element of him being like a father to me because he like took care of everything and paid for everything and like, right moved me here so that can impact attraction like there's a lot of pieces and I also maybe just wasn't able to receive that love that love like where I was at but for whatever reason I there was no attraction there's Um, still but that piece I think like regardless I it's just it's there it's not I don't know I've never been in a position where I met someone and didn't feel anything and then later felt something like I have now so I, I have now, which is new because there, I think sometimes, yeah, it's not there. It's never going to be there. That's that. And I do think trauma creates a fucking hell of a lot of magnetic sexual attraction that is very addictive, but that can create a really unhealthy cycle if you don't have to manage but really great sex, but really great sex. Yeah. But a lot of extra trauma with the relating yeah. outside of that or even inside of that. So, but, but I have recently, and I am actually so interested, it's very interesting, like had that experience where I was not attracted to someone. And then as I got to know the person, like I became attracted to him and I was like, huh, is this what it means? Like, as we shift some of the places, at least for me, places of me, that's been attracted to like toxicity as I do the work around it, that toxicity no longer becomes as magnetic or attractive, or I can see it from a mile away. And I'm like, that's what that is. And, you know, it was, I wouldn't say that attraction to that person was like electric, but we never even slept together. It was like, it was a situation where I was coming out of a lot of really like deep trauma. And he was like, we, we just kind of kept each other company for that period of time. But it did, like, I was attracted to him and I would have had a relationship with him if he was open to it. So 
and I see that being possible. And so I work with couples sometimes where like their attractions waning or they're, it's not as much as it used to be. And what you mentioned, right. With your, with your husband, where there was attraction there, but then it waned over time that I think we can work with because if we can create like a space of safety and, and vulnerability where you can bring stuff up and clear it out of your body and clear it out of your cells, there is more space for connection intimately. Yeah, I, I was at the point of no return though. Like it had gone, I don't, I really, even to this day, I rethink about that. And I'm like, there was no way I could, I, there was no going like, cause once though, like I'm done, I'm done. Yeah. And when I'm not done, that's what the other conversations we we're having about where like, I'm still moving through someone I miss dearly and I miss in my life. You know what I mean? And I thought I'd be over it by now. And I thought I was done. And it's like, I'm not done still. And yeah. it's been how long, but my ex, I tap into that and my ex-husband and I'm like, no, I'm still fucking like, there is no, like my body was like, I like get the fuck away from me. Like I am so beyond done that the, it was point of no return with him. Totally. And it can get to that point of no return. And the reason why a lot of people, when they go to get support, like to do couples work, it doesn't work is because they let it go way too long. So there's way too much momentum. It's like on average, seven years past when they should have probably reached out for support to begin with. So that's right. why I'm like a huge proponent of like, let's do the work as soon as possible so that you don't build that momentum, build resentments, build these like patterns yeah, but I feel like with him, like, I didn't even know what was hat. Like, I didn't even know. Like, yeah. it was weird. Like, I was doing all this work on myself, and I thought how I was feeling and my being, like, super miserable in my life was all me and my own shit. And, like, I remember I was talking to my friend once, and I'm like, how much more self-help do I need to be happy, you know? And then it was like, then things started falling apart and like falling away and looking and I'm like oh I'm not looking at anything about this relationship like this is actually like there's shit going on here that I haven't even like clocked into yeah and I had no idea because I could not look at it and we drank a lot together well, that's <laughs> so not huh that's another piece right yeah like, so you you're not seeing the clue like I I couldn't see that it was done yeah and I wasn't in it and like you know what I mean so then until it was like yeah once I started seeing it it was point of no return and then I just blew it up because I didn't have any tools and I didn't know anyone to help me and I didn't know any better and I was just like I need to get the fuck out of here yeah. And we've talked about that too, right? Like there's no, there are no guarantees with any relationship, like reason, season, lifetime. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it is done. And, you know, you, and I know a lot of people like my vet today, actually, she was hilarious. She was like, do you date in this city? And I was like, yeah, I try. She was like, what a shit show. And I said to her, I feel like I said, I feel, I felt like you were with someone for some reason. And she was like, no, I was married for, I think she said like 12 years or something. And She's like, you know, I stayed because I felt like, you know, I promised this person and I wanted to honor the vows and I'm from the South and da da da. And eventually it just became really clear that this was not <laughs> aligned at all. And I mean, that happens with relationships and we do not know how long anything's going to last. And sometimes it's done. Like you've mentioned before, soul contracts and agreements and lessons and things. And so no matter what we do or don't do, Sometimes the contract is over and there's nothing you can do about it. No. And so that there are places be that are beyond our control that we believe that we agreed to before we came here, right? All together, like we talked about at one of the previous episodes of like, yeah, when we were in the non-physical, we're like, you're going to do this and you're going to yeah. be that. And I'm going to really piss you off here and you're going to be the love of my life. And oh, cool. It's going to be amazing. Right. And then we go to yeah. earth and we're like, what the fuck? <laughs> totally like what do we why why do we think that was gonna be so great this is horrible yeah so I mean it's all you know it's and it's all for our our expansion and our evolution and when we shift to the you know the purpose of relationship to like something to make me happy or fill me up or give me love to like something to help my evolution and my soul's growth mm -hmm. then there is nothing that's ever a failure and that is the only really way for me to 
to move through the world because the other way just creates a lot of pain and a lot of suffering. Yeah. Yeah. When, and yeah, it's like when you can really know that, like, oh, you came in to be a part of this part and I'm going to let it go. And we have other paths and yeah, it sucks or whatever, but like, and then if it's meant to, like we talked about in last episode, I think it was like, if it's meant to come back around, it'll find its way back around, but we can't even like hold on to that. Right. We just got to keep like moving on. And like, I don't know, like I've witnessed being a part of things where it's like, I kind of deep down know it's not the thing. And then I see their path kind of open for them. And it's like, well, this could have been fun, but because I've like worked my gifts so much, I'm like, I can actually see your timeline. And Mm -hmm. it's like, not with me. So I'm going to pull back and like have to let you go on your timeline. Cause like, you're not my person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. You're not my person. So, and I see your timeline. And if you shift that and there's, you know, on that timeline, everyone's going to have their um, free will to do what they want. But I, just because I, I can see that though, and I'm not part of that. So like, that's a weird place to newly be in that I can fucking see these things and know when I'm not meant to be a part of something. And now it's my responsibility to kind of exit stage left because my part's over and I'm no longer meant to be on the stage. Right. Right. Yeah. And I can't even like go into a fantasy to think that we're going to create a new play because you're not a part of the play. Move on. That's not your play. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you're in a position like that, right. I mean, I see things too and I'm like, oh, this is going to be this and this is going to be that. And like, let's see how that goes. And I'm like, cool. And then in the past, I would be like, well, do I really see, do I really know? No, I do. I really see. Yeah. I really it's like, how's it going to play out is all I don't know, right? Because if both people show up and do their work, then there's maybe a timeline where it can be right. Awesome. And if one does, one doesn't, or, you know, varying degrees of working on yourself. So there's those variables, but um, yeah, there's there. And for me, as someone who's had a hard time letting go, right? It's like, what's happened is it just has to become increasingly more obvious and increasingly louder And then we're just creating more pain and more drama than we needed to do because we were given the information and we just like, yeah, are having a hard time to let go. I hate to cut this right here, but I have to go get micro needled in four minutes. Um, (laughs) But yeah, is there any last like thing that you want to wrap it up with? I think. I don't know. Is there, I mean, I think maybe just that it's to be continued, like ongoing conversation. Is there anything that you want to? No, I'm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, there's always just so, so much to talk about. There's, I mean, clearly. It's bringing it in real time, right? Like these are yeah. the present and up for us right here, right now. So we're just going to yeah. keep the conversation going and we'll see what happens next week. Yeah. <laughs> We all have had the conversation. Oh my God, that would be amazing. Or maybe not. Honor yourself, right? Honor your, you know. Yeah. yeah. Tend to those places within myself that are scared to have it, you know, or whatever. We'll exactly. See. Yeah. Well, thank you everyone for watching and listening. And we will talk with you again very soon. Don't hang up. Bye. <laughs>